I don't know about you today, but it's been quite a week. In fact, I would describe it this way. I feel like I have actually lived an entire month in the last seven days. So many things have changed. There's so many new factors. There's so many new things to think about. There's so many things before us that it can so easily become overwhelming. And I don't know about you, but so often, you know, as this thing started and as we first started learning about it, we started having, you know, those anxious thoughts and those doubts and those fears and, and what does the future look like? And each and every day as we wake up and, and we check the news and we, we go on our social media and we start looking at different things and we slowly but surely start to feel just a little bit more anxious and there seems to be a little bit more doubt and a little bit more fear that sleep seeps into our hearts and into our lives. I mean, just think about what has happened this week. More executive orders have been issued. Uh, if you even follow the progression of, you're allowed to be together with 250 people, and then do 100 people, then it's 10 people, then it's don't do anything, just stay at home and be with your family. And it just seems like all of these things keep changing at such a rapid pace. And yet here we are, at Shepherd's Gate, in the middle of this sermon series that God knew that we would be in, that God knew that we would be going through these things right now called Words to Live By. And even the graphic that our communi uh, commu communications team picks you know, so long ago for this sermon series of this guy who's screaming, you might even call it yelling, I think some of you would, would resonate with me that sometimes that's kind of how we feel. We just want to scream out and say, okay, enough. When is this going to end? When is there going to be a glimmer of hope? When do things start churning around? And if you're new to Shepherd's Gate, maybe this is the first time ever you've heard about our church and you're watching with us online, we want to welcome you today and we know that you're going to be encouraged as we open God's word in a few moments. And if you're somebody that calls Shepherd's Gate home, we want you to know that we love you, that we care about you, and we really do miss seeing you. And that doesn't mean just because we can't be in person this morning that we can't connect throughout the week and that God hasn't given us other opportunities to make sure that we stay connected. And so whether you're watching and maybe you're an individual or maybe you're watching with a spouse or a friend or maybe you're gathered in a living room with a, with a group of family members, know that we care about you and know that we're glad that you've joined us today. And as we've been looking throughout this entire month, this whole idea of words to live by, words to live by, and today we're going to be taking one more step in Paul's letter to the church in Rome, and you're going to see how these words are so timely, how these words as we read them are really going to be a source of comfort, and they're going to be a source of hope, and yes, they're going to be a source of peace for your life and for my life. But before we get into that, I want us just to maybe just take a deep breath. And you know me, it's really hard for me to, to, to preach without having some, you know, joke or some kind of thing that can just lighten the mood. And I just feel with everything that's been going on this week that maybe we could just pause for a couple moments and just have a little fun this morning together. And so one of the things that's kind of popped up uh, in the last week in particular is just how creative people really are in our lives. And uh, if you're not familiar with memes, I I'm just impressed with the amount of memes that have come out to kind of help us cope with difficult situations. And so 
I've been kind of tracking and following different memes around, and there's some memes I just want to share with you this morning. These are kind of what I call the best memes that I've kind of seen, and I wanted to start by just looking at the three best isolation memes, uh, and I know there's so many more, but some of these are just really creative. They're just really fun to look at. And as we look at this, looking at the map for some weekend travel ideas. Or how about this one? Have you seen this one? Or about this one? And you know as a church, we have tried to do everything that we can to, to follow what our government leaders to follow what the doctors and nurses and our scientists and all those that God has put to be in our lives to care for us. We've been so diligent to listen to what they have told us to do. And we also know there's this, you know, still this ongoing saga with toilet paper that, that nobody can figure out. Even the, the, the CEOs of the two largest toilet paper manufacturers came out with a joint statement that said, we have nothing to worry about. They have all the materials that they need to make an endless supply of toilet paper, yet it still seems to be an issue. And so some of these came out this week that I just thought were kind of funny. How about this one? Remember those days? Seems like so long ago. And wouldn't you know, folks, that even in the church world and in the groups and following other churches in our area, following other churches in our country, uh, that even some of our church workers and friends have actually also uh, been creating memes to kind of help us get through this as well. So here's one that I just thought was really fitting for the times. If you don't know, this is Martin Luther, and uh, he was the great reformer, and we follow his teachings pretty closely here at Shepherd's Gate. Or how about this one? It is interesting that we have exactly nine people here at Shepherd's Gate this morning. So we made sure that we followed the rules as they told us to follow. But then look at this last one here. And if there's one thing you can say about Shepherd's Gate is that we have always been a church not for ourselves, but a church that's willing to get out into our community that's willing to rub shoulders with those that, that need not a handout but a hand up, to come alongside them, to encourage them. And I'm just so proud of all the ways in which our church has done this. In fact, our staff has been working at unprecedented levels this week. Uh, there's a lot of things actually going on here at Shepherd's Gate. Here's a list of all of those things that have taken place. Our communication team has completely revamped our website to make it a place where people can go to for resources. Um, as we mentioned last week, every single one of our members that are 60 and older have been called, and those that have asked for assistance are receiving assistance uh, to switching all of our Bible studies and everything that we can possibly do online, including our care classes. And so last Thursday, each and every one of our care classes were still able to meet uh, in different chat rooms in their homes. And so we're just so excited and glad that we have the technology, that we have the staff, and that we've been able to get so many of these things up and running. And I just want to let you know that we have these things that are coming up this week that we're going to be working on. Uh, we're going to be making sure that we continue to call in uh, to people that, that we feel that we just need to make sure that 
that, that we're doing everything that we can to support and to love them. Uh, our new student director, believe it or not, he and his wife, uh, Stephanie, they left Texas on Friday, and they're actually here in Michigan now, and so we're glad that he's here, and so that continues to move forward, and uh, we're looking forward to having him connect with our students and just coming up with creative ways to be able to do that as well as, as some of our members who are already out in the community meeting the needs of some of our local mission partners. And so this is Michelle Soltman and her daughter and uh, many more that were part of delivering groceries and delivering food to Family of God, one of our partner churches in Detroit, as well as JJ's House, one of our partner ministries also in Detroit. And if you want to be part of any of these things, I'll just say this again, make sure that you take this email address down, Ron Cazera, this is his cell phone number. You let him know that you want to be part of helping serve our community as he's continuing to partner with, with those that we have relationships with. In fact, today our church is actually doing a food drive. If you want to drop food off between 12 and 3, uh, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can just pop the trunk and they'll grab the bag for you. Uh, there's more information about that on our website. So again, church, even though there's this social distancing taking place, it doesn't mean that we have to live in social isolation that we can stay together as the body of Christ. And again, if you've never been to Shepherd's Gate, this is the first time that you've ever been part of this, we want you to be welcomed into this community and we want to walk this journey with you. And we want you to know that we are here for you as well. So don't be afraid to reach out and let us know what we can do. And so today as we turn to God's word, as we look again to Paul's letter to the book, or to Paul's letter to the church in Rome, I'm so excited for you to see just what God has for you today. And so if you have your Bible with you, I just encourage you to go ahead and open to Romans chapter 6. If you're watching online, there's a Bible tab right in the live stream screen. You can click on that, and then you just have to go to the top and select Romans, and then you can select chapter 6. And you can follow along. Uh, the words are going to be on the screen as well. But Romans chapter 6, verses 1 to 14, this is what it says. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too may walk in newness of life. And this passage here, these beginning few verses, it's such beautiful imagery for us of the connection that we have between God because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. Because he is the one that went to the cross and died for us. That he took the sins of the world and he put them on his shoulders. And yes, he took your sins and my sins and he put them on himself and he died that he would rise from the dead and that he would ultimately defeat sin and Satan and death and that he would do this incredible thing for you and for me. And so as Paul is explaining this to the church in Rome and as God is reminding us even today of what he has done for us, man, there's only one way to respond, but to, to just realize the incredible gift and the mercy that God has in fact given us that has baptized children of God, that he has us in his arms and that he is never gonna let us go. In fact, look at what he says next. He says this, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, 
we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. And now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. I want you to think about that today as we look at this. To being united with Christ. And how much he has done for us. And as we've gone through this series, as we looked at these words, as we've seen that there's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves, it is God Almighty who continues to work in our hearts and in our minds. That he is in fact not sleeping and he is not you know, in this far distant place, but that he is right beside us and no matter how dark things get, no matter how bleak things get, no matter how frustrating this life gets, no matter how complex life gets, that he is with us. And that he's not just by our sides, but the fact that he is united with us. That in our baptisms or when we come to faith, when God awakens faith in our hearts and our lives, that the Holy Spirit actually lives inside of us. And that there's this peace that comes over our hearts and our lives. And so often, you know, people will say, well, well I don't feel God or I don't feel him in this moment. And, and sometimes that's true. And I know it's true in my life. Sometimes I don't feel God or I don't feel him in this moment or I wonder where he's at but this is what we have. These are the promises that he gives us because guess what? Our feelings can lie to us. Our feelings can let us down. But we can go to God's word and we can see what it is that God has in his word and we can rest on the promises that he gives us. And so today, look at these words. You are united with him. That he does in fact have his arms around you. And he has his arms around your family and he has not forsaken you. He has not forgotten about you. And even in these moments, he's continuing to work in your heart and in your life. And here's where it all goes to next in these verses. It points to Jesus and actually what Jesus has done for us. Look at how it's laid out in verses 9 and 10. It says this. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Isn't it amazing to know that Jesus is actually at the right hand of God the Father? That he is seated right at the right hand of God the Father and he is just waiting for the nod from God to say, go, it's time You can go and you can get my church and all of this can be over. All of this can come to an end. All the sorrow, all the pain, all the disease, all the whatever you want to put out there, yes, including death, can come to an end. But in the meantime, we're also told that Jesus is praying for us. That he's interceding on our behalf. In fact, he's thinking about us day in and day out. And he has such incredible love for us. And he's just waiting. He's waiting for the right time. He's waiting for when God the Father says, it's time. And all of this can come to an end. And so we hold on to that hope. We hold on to the hope that Christ is going to come again. And we remember these words today. 
In fact, as we look at these words, here's our key verse. I would say this is our key verse that we should go over and over and over again all week long. The next verse in Romans 6:11, where it says this, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. That you and I can realize that we can lay down our sins, that we can lay down our fears, we can lay down our anxieties, we can lay down all of the things that so easily creep up into our lives. And instead we can begin to set our minds on the spirit. That we can set our minds on what it is that God has for us. And as we do that, we become alive in Christ. We remember that this world is in fact temporary and that this world is in fact short. But yet God is still at work. And God is still at work in our hearts and our lives. And yes, God is still at work even in this world. In fact, look at what it says in Romans 8, 6. It says this, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is what? Look at this. It's life and it's peace. See, as I said, it's been an interesting week this week. And I've received so many text messages and emails and Facebook messages from so many of you. And I want you to know that you can continue to do that. You can reach out to me or any member of our staff. We want to be available to you. And if you just need to call and you just need words of encouragement or you need a text message and you just need us to pray a text message to you, whatever it is, we want to continue to remind you of what it is that God tells us in his word to set our minds on the things of the spirit. And as we do that, God continues to pour out his life and his mercy and his grace. See, it was also interesting this week as my wife received so many text messages as one of the executive orders from our governor was to shut down all of the salons and that's what my wife does. She's a hairdresser and many of them were shut down even before that executive order came out. And I watched as she received so many text messages from clients and from coworkers and from people that she works out with in the gym that don't have the hope that we have in Jesus. In fact, they're really struggling right now and you see these long messages that were coming through and the fear that has gripped hearts and minds. And over and over again as she would respond to them and she would tell them, look, You've got to put your trust in God. You've got to, you got to put your, your trust in God. And see, that's often what happens when we don't have that faith in Jesus Christ. Look at what it says. When we set our minds on the flesh, when we set our minds on the things of this world, when we set our minds on, on all the negative things that are going on around us and we're just hitting refresh on the, on, on the websites or the news feeds or whatever it is and we're just obsessed about what's going on, that's what ends up happening. There is no hope. And the future looks really bleak. But yet, as followers of Jesus, as we set our minds on the Spirit, again, it produces life and it produces peace. See, for followers of Jesus during these times, we can look at these times and we can see that these can be times that actually strengthen our faith. You might be saying, wait, wait a second, that sounds crazy. What are you talking about? No, listen to me. We just went over this a couple weeks ago when we were looking at a different text in Romans, right? That during these times of trials and tribulations that God is actually developing our character. And see, as the follower of Jesus, we can look at that and we can see, God, what is it that you're trying to teach me? God, what is it that you're doing in my heart and my life? And as he's pulling us closer to him, and as I've seen this week, I've seen and I've read and, and, I've, and I've exchanged emails and text messages with you and I've seen how 
couples have come together, husbands and wives, and they've prayed like they've never prayed before. I've seen how families have had to come together. And isn't it interesting that so often in the church we always talk about protecting the, you know, the dinner table and coming together as a family at dinner time? And isn't it wild that now we're all homeschooled parents, right? We're all learning how to you know, navigate teaching our kids at home. And we not only get to have dinner with our kids, we get to have breakfast and lunch and snack time and recess. And we don't even know when any of this is going to end. We have unprecedented time right now with our families. What is it that God is doing in that midst? Where is it that he's strengthening us and the people that he's placed in our lives? Again, Christians can see this as an opportunity for God to strengthen our faith, to bring us together, to pour out his love and his grace and his mercy in our lives. But the frustrating part is for those who don't know Jesus, and maybe that's you and you're watching here and you're, and you're looking for hope this morning, this is what happens is you look at the circumstances in the world and instead of looking at it as strengthening your faith, you actually look at it as punishment from God. And why would a God allow this to happen? If he's so loving, why does he allow this to continue to go on? And so we clench our fist and we look to something as the cross and we say, God, why? Why are you doing this? Why are you allowing this to happen? And yet God today would say this to you. Let go. And open your hands and open your arms and watch what it is that I can do in your heart and in your life. Watch as I can plant the seed of, of faith in your heart. Watch as I can plant peace into your heart. That even with everything else going on in the world, even with all the chaos all around you, that something deep inside of your soul that you won't even be able to explain begins to take root and you begin to see God work this miracle in your heart and your life. And if that's you today, man, realize that you're not watching this by accident. Whichever one of our services you're watching or maybe you're watching the rebroadcast of this, realize that in this moment, in this time, in this space, God knew that you would need these words and God knew that you would hear these words. And I know for us that call Shepherd's Gate home, it can be frustrating because we're not here together. Man, Sunday is my favorite day of the week, if you didn't know. I so look forward to being with the church on Sunday morning and hearing what God is doing in your lives, to be able to hug necks, to be able to shake hands, to be able to, to, to give you communion, which is the strengthening of your faith. And, you know, that's kind of just been put on hold for a little bit. But here's what you need to know, that even though we're not gathered together, maybe we can't participate in holy communion together, that hearing the gospel, hearing the good news of what Jesus has done for you is a means of grace. And it is a way for God to strengthen your faith. It's a way for God to remind you once again how valuable you are to him. And that he has you in the palm of his hand as John describes it in his gospel. And he is never going to leave you. He is never going to forsake you no matter what happens in this world around us. See, I want you to see what it says in our text. Continues by saying this, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. And, and for me this week as we're looking at this, this really is a mind thing, right? So many of us in the thoughts and our minds and, and we can allow sin to fester there. We can allow that fear, we can allow that doubt, we can allow that anxiety to fester there. Let go of that. Don't let that reign in your mortal body. 
Do not present your members to sins as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life. You and I have been brought from death into life. In the end, no matter what happens, we win because we have Jesus. In the end, even if something else comes out or things get worse, no matter what we face in the future, God has already brought us from death into life. And he's reminding of us of that today. And your members to God as instruments for righteousness. Think of these words, for sin will have no dominion over you. You know why? Because you're not under the law. You're not under the punishment of God. And God's not pointing his finger, and, and he's not this angry God that's trying to get us in, in America. He's not trying to get us in this world. No, we are under God's mercy and grace. The grace of God that we don't deserve. The grace of God that we can't do anything to earn this. We simply open our hearts. We simply open our lives. And we allow God to pour out his grace and his mercy upon us. I want to encourage you with these words from Romans 8, 37. It says this, In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels or rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that's God's promise to you today. That's God's promise to me. We are loved children of God. And he is at work in our hearts and our lives. And he is at work in our communities. He is at work in our country. And he is at work in our world. And so once again, we look to him. We recognize that he is in control. We recognize what he has done for us through his son, Jesus Christ. And we realize that nothing, absolutely nothing, will ever be able to separate us from the love that God has for us. So again, if you're watching this and you don't have faith or maybe you feel far from God or you're uncertain of your faith, in this moment, God is reaching out to you and he is drawing you to himself. He wants to do an incredible work in your heart and in your life. So as we end our time together in God's word, I want you to receive these words of encouragement today. Listen to this from Romans chapter 15 says this, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Friends, today you and I have this incredible opportunity to once again receive his joy and to receive his peace. We have an incredible opportunity in the way that we interact with others and how we reach out to others and we share God's love with others. So may God continue to lead and guide us each and every day and may we look for the opportunities and the things that he's doing in our midst 
He loves us. He sent Jesus for us. And he is the only one that can give us true peace. Will you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we do thank you that we were able to be together as your church today. Yet we know that we're, we're gathered in homes all across Metro Detroit and, and so many of our church family that's even in other states right now that are with their family members. Yet we know it is your word that produces faith in our hearts and our lives. And God, we thank you for the power of your words, words to live by. And so God, as we get ready to face another week and we don't know all that this week entails, God, would this week once again, would you remind us of our baptisms? God, would you remind us of, of that moment in time when you brought us to faith that maybe we haven't been baptized? God, this week, would you remind us of what it is that you have done for us on the cross and that you have, in fact, justified us? God, would you remind us once again that you rose from the dead, and as you rose from the dead, you reconciled the world to yourself. And that, God, in all of these things, that you have constantly been covering us with your grace. And so, God, we thank you. We thank you that we can gather and even come before you in prayer. We thank you that we can sing these songs and we can pour out our hearts and maybe some of us, we just need to scream these words out, God, and lay them at your feet. God, we just thank you for the community that you have put together here. And even though we may be connected in a different way, God, we know that your spirit is continuing to move. So we pray, God, that you would order our steps as a church, help us to connect with those in our community that we can be a blessing to. Help us to connect with our friends and our family. God, whatever it is that you're calling us to do, God, lay it on our hearts. We thank you. God, we thank you that in this time that you are, in fact, strengthening our faith. So, God, we cling to you once again. We love you and we thank you. It's in your son's most holy and precious name that we pray.